Well, it's a great joy to be celebrating uh, yet another Marian feast, the Feast of Our Lady of Guadalupe. Very, very important feast. We have the Immaculate Conception, which is a feast that's really pertinent to the whole Universal Church on December 8th. On December 9th, we have the Feast of of St. Juan Diego. Juan Diego was the original uh, Native American to whom Mary uh, appeared in Mexico. And uh, now, here we have, four days later, or three days later, uh, on the 11th, we have the Feast of Our Lady of Guadalupe. And it was immediately after the Feast of the Immaculate Conception that Our Lady of Guadalupe's apparition took place in relation to Juan Diego, and then continued on for a few days. So it's really, at this time period, about 500 years ago uh, in, in Mexico, that Our Lady of Guadalupe appeared. This is an amazing feast and an important feast for so many reasons, probably just one of which would be the fact that it's a demonstration that God, that the other half of planet Earth, the other side of the Atlantic Ocean, has not been forgotten about by God. Okay, I think sometimes we just sort of take it for granted as Americans, we live in North America, and we just, our world operates in this. But you got to understand... For the vast majority of Christian history, Christianity is relevant to and is seated in the Middle East and in Europe. Period. Okay? And uh, the New World was a latecomer. It's only 500 years old. And uh, it's kind of weird if you think about it, because God's providence and his salvation... And his plan for humankind is unfolding for 1,500 years, all on the other side of the Atlantic. And then what do you, you've got all of these people here in North and South America. What, did God forget about them? <laughs> you know, what, what did he forget about them? So what's beautiful is that Our Lady shows up on the other side of the Atlantic Ocean. And it's through her apparition, apparition and through the efforts of Juan Diego that within a generation or two, Tens of thousands, if not hundreds of thousands, of Native Americans come to Jesus Christ and are joined to the true faith. Beautiful, beautiful, important, you know, earth-shattering, history-making events. And uh, as Americans, you know, we live in the United States of America, it's really not fundamentally a Catholic nation. It's very important to understand that. The Catholic, the true Catholic culture and nation is Mexico and South America. And nonetheless, though, Our Lady of Guadalupe is the patroness of both North and South America. And so even though we're Catholics living in a fundamentally historically Protestant nation, we still have the protection of Our Lady of Guadalupe. And we really need to identify with the larger picture of the Americas in the New World. And she's our patroness. She's our protectress. Okay? It's her appearance and her visitation that shows us, that demonstrates to us that God has not forgotten this half of the world. By no means has he forgotten it. The Catholic faith is probably strongest right now in Mexico and South America. And, uh, of course, our current Holy Father. Where is he from? He's from Argentina. That in itself is, a, is really kind of an epoch-making, earth-shattering event. For the first time in the history of the church, a person from the new world is now seated on the throne of Peter. Really something special. 
So today is a really important feast day. It shows us that uh, God has not forgotten us, okay? And that the North and South America play an essential and important role in God's plan of salvation for human history, for, the, for humankind. Uh, the other thing I think of as well is this, and I'll just maybe, this will be the kind of the second half of the, of the, of the homily here, is this huge event of Mary appearing in Mexico and really setting in motion the salvation of tens of thousands, if not hundreds of thousands of people within just a generation or two, it was immediately preceded by the largest defection that's ever taken place in the Catholic Church, and that is in Europe. Okay, 500 years ago at the same time, we had uh, Martin Luther, German priest, start a kind of a revolution, and uh, huge segments of Europe consequently fell away from the faith. Uh, so while lots of Europeans were uh, taking the true faith for granted, these simple, humble people on the other side of the world who knew nothing of Christianity were embracing it en masse. Uh, and uh, not only did the, the number of people that came into the church in, in South America and in Mexico, uh, not only was it great, but it was greater than the number of people who fell away from the true faith in Europe. So, again, this is God's wisdom and his beauty in that, uh, you know, not only he counterbalanced the defection with a whole new influx of believers. So Mary is a protector of uh, the faithful. And uh, there's a battle that's taking place between her and the devil. We see this in the book of Revelation, our first reading. We see Mary and we see the devil, and the devil wants to destroy her offspring. But God protects her and her offspring. So there's a battle going on. Another, another indication of a battle is very subtle, but it's actually in our gospel text. When the angel Gabriel says to Mary, the Lord is with you, that's actually an allusion to an Old Testament text wherein an angel appears to an ancient Israelite warrior and is preparing him for battle. And what the angel says to the man, this is in the book of Judges, he says, the Lord is with you. Go forth and conquer the enemies of God. Okay, So the Lord is with you is a phrase that's used to prepare someone for battle. And this is what the angel Gabriel is doing with the Blessed Virgin. In our responsorial psalm, we said you are the highest honor of our race. Now, this, this, these are scripture texts taken from the book of Judith. Judith is a woman in the Old Testament who overcame a very uh, formidable enemy of the people of Israel. And she actually, it's kind of, kind of gruesome, kind of intense, she actually cuts off his head. Okay? And then as a result of her victory over this formidable enemy of the people of Israel, the people of Israel celebrate her in song. And they say, Blessed are you, daughter of the Most High, above all women on earth. Blessed is, blessed be the Lord God, so forth and so on. You are the highest honor of our race. That's what they're singing to Judith. This is a foreshadowing of another woman who would come and, over, and, and overcome a formidable enemy of the people of God. And that is Mary, who would overcome the devil through her obedience to God's request that she would become the, the mother of God and bring to birth the Savior of the world. So we see a kind of a conflict, a cosmic spiritual battle that's taking place while tens of thousands, if not hundreds of thousands of souls are being lost in Europe. Mary is winning the victory on the other side of the Atlantic Ocean 
She is our protectress. She's our patroness. She protects us. She wins the battle for us. So, my brothers and sisters, there are so many spiritual snares and traps that the devil uh, puts in place for Catholics to fall into. They're innumerable. Innumerable numbers of temptations, deceptions, uh, false ideologies that people imbibe. Oh, I don't need to listen to the Pope. Who's he? I don't need to listen to my priest. What's that all about? Oh, that's stupid. Well, I'm going to live my life this way. All of these sorts of things are all uh, deceptions of the devil. They're snares. And, uh, you know, the other thing we notice, too, is in the book of Revelation, it says this, the tail of the serpent takes down a third of the stars of heaven. So when the devil falls from heaven, he takes with him a third of the stars. Now, that those stars symbolize a lot of things. They symbolize angels. So a third of the angels fell when the devil fell. The devil took with him a third of the angels. But that action of his tail sweeping down a third of the stars is really programmatic for how he's going to relate to everybody. He wants to take down human souls. He's going to hell, and he wants to take as many people to hell with him as he possibly can. Uh, and so he puts all these snares out for human souls. He wants to damn us. And uh, so, but you know, the stars, they symbolize Christians, so he wants to take Christians down with him. They, they also especially symbolize clergy. They also especially symbolize clergy. And uh, if you think of, you know, this defection of uh, tens of thousands, hundreds of thousands of souls in Europe, it was started by who? One Catholic priest. One Catholic priest was responsible for the defection of hundreds of thousands of souls. (laughs) All right. So the devil knows if he can get a a Catholic priest on his side, he's going to do a lot of damage. My brothers and sisters, we really need to pray for priests because the devil goes after them big time, big time. Please pray for me. Um, pray for my, you know, soundness of mind and my thinking that I'd always adhere to the mind of the church. Pray for my moral life, that I would live a fundamentally ethical life, and not an egocentric life. Pray for, pray that prayer for all priests and pray for all Catholics that we would choose uh, to do God's will and to adhere faithfully to the true faith uh, and, and to the life that Jesus Christ has taught us to lead. But we can do it with the help of our patroness, our protectress, Our Lady of Guadalupe.